Have you watched the new Johnny Manziel documentary yet that just came out? No, I saw the advertisement for it on Netflix just before we started recording right now. And very interested, especially with the news, super sad news that came out recently about him, you know, with the attempted suicide and everything, obviously very deep subject, but no, I haven't, have not had the opportunity to check that out yet. I am currently checking out Our Planet 2, which, I mean, the soothing sounds of David Attenborough's voice are just unbelievable. I'm going to be very, very sad when that man dies. If I had to pick a movie or documentary to fall asleep to, it has to be Our Planet. I could never fall asleep to it. I'm laser focused when I'm watching it. I love nature documentaries, like really well shot nature docs. Love them. I just get so relaxed. I want to just drift <laughs> off to sleep. I hear the waterfalls and then him <laughs> narrating. Bro, it's so nice and peaceful. And you're out. You're out. I'm at that out. Point. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, I love it. Well, if you love Big Ten football, then you came to the right place, everybody. Welcome to the big show. We are so pumped to get into the topics. I mean, obviously, Oregon and Washington is huge news. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We talked about it last on last week's episode. But to our Huskies and Ducks, our newcomers, if you're a first-time listener, let's hit that follow, hit subscribe. You are going to want to stay tuned for everything we've got coming this Big Ten football season. If you're a repeat listener, you should have done it already. Do us a favor. Follow and subscribe. Stay tuned because we've got good, good stuff and maybe some big news coming soon. Teaser. Teaser. (laughs) (laughs) So we won't waste any time. Oregon and Washington, breaking news. It's official. They are members of the Big Ten coming over at the same time as USC and UCLA after the season. But I feel like the media and us, have already exhausted the topic of our Oregon and Washington. Good schools, good programs, good fits. I think we all like that part of it. It'll bring us more high-profile games in the conference. The bigger conversation around the college football world is about the health of the sport when it comes to conference realignment and expansion because there are a lot of people that are really, really upset about all of these moves and and the destroying of traditional conferences. I mean, the Pac-12 has been around for like 100 years, and it seems, or the Pac, yeah, Pac-12. And they're probably not going to be around unless somebody comes in with CPR and, and does something miraculous. It's going to take a heck of a lot more than CPR to resurrect that conference. So the question I want us to discuss is and I'll give us three options. Is this massive conference realignment and expansion? Is it killing college football? Is it good for college football? Or do we need to wait and see? I know where I stand. What about you? So for me, there is the majority of me is excited. Um, for the conference realignment as far as the Big Ten, obviously adding two more very high-profile brand-name schools 
it does not make sense to only have two teams out on the West Coast. That made no sense. Adding two more and now having four seems to make a lot more sense in my mind. But I just, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I would say, for me specifically, it is, I, I am in a period of wait and see because it's really hard for me to fully commit to, oh, of course, this is going to be a good thing. Now, the Pac-12 did itself no favors for the better part of two decades. Uh, that conference, I mean, obviously, they had a president that was awful, uh, and it seemed like made the wrong move at every single turn, which hurt them a lot. And now it was like once they lost USC and UCLA, I think the writing was on the wall. We've had conversations about that on this podcast before um, because everything is generate, everything is moved by media money and you just weren't going to get the kind of money that these other conferences were going to get. I mean, they were getting offered piddly winks by, yeah, I, I mean... If you're trying to compete with the Big Ten's media deal and the best you can come up with is an Apple TV subscription-based media deal, it's not cutting it. No, and, and that's my entire point, is the fact that you were about to go to streaming and the money was going to be absolutely nowhere close. Now, they are going to take a lesser piece of the pie that's already been negotiated. They're going to take a smaller piece for this current media deal, which I believe goes all the way through 2030, if I'm not mistaken. You're talking about um, Oregon and Washington taking small yes. pieces of the pie. Yes. The two of them are going to take a smaller piece of the pie until the next renegotiation. Um, but they are still going to make more money than they would have sitting in the PAC 12 and wallowing away they're still going to make more than they would have on whatever media deal the Pac-12 would have signed. So I think it's great for the Big Ten specifically, but as far as the massive amount of realignment, next year in college football is going to look so vastly different than anything we have ever seen before. If you're asking me, is there a part of me that's nervous about it and skeptical? My answer is absolutely yes. Now, I do think that there is the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. My only concern is the fact that everything, everything now is being driven by money. And I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose the specialness that the regular season, not just the postseason, but the regular season that college football carries. I don't want to lose that. So that's it. Those are just a couple of, things that I'm laying out there that I'm going to be looking out for within the first couple of years after next season, right? Because that's really going to be our first tester, our first barometer of how all of this is going to go down. I'm basically in lockstep with you. I'm in wait and see mode. I kind of take issue with the people who are saying that the life of the sport is getting just sucked away by all of these moves because they act like conference realignment hasn't been happening for decades. Like this has happened before, obviously on a smaller scale. And most of the time it's one or two schools moving at a time and not entire conferences being demolished. But this has happened before. 
and college football has survived and college football will survive. I, I just, <laughs> the, the fact that the PAC 12 is, is coming out with this, like, woe is me. And, and honestly, I'm really surprised how few people are listening because everyone knows that they, they killed themselves. The PAC 12, they killed themselves. Uh, I, they had every opportunity. They had an opportunity not that long ago to add two teams, and I can't remember who they were, but I can't remember either. It was something like Texas and Oklahoma and Texas A and M. It was like some combination of those schools that they had an opportunity to add, and they said no. So they've had their opportunities, but college football is bigger than conference realignment. None of our fandom lies in the conference. Our fandom lies in the schools. And things like school pride, things like game day traditions, on-field traditions, chants in the stands, right? I'm going to be just as excited whether Michigan plays a Pac-12 schedule or if they play a Big Ten schedule. As long as they play Ohio State and Michigan State, I'm going to be just as pumped to cheer for Michigan. Do I get that? Go ahead. I do think that there is an element of it of like conference pride, I guess. I don't really know the correct way to say it, but there is, there is a certain, like, for instance, when we get to go to like the big 10 basketball tournament, right? It's like, we know all the teams. We're very familiar with them. We know what we're watching. We know what we're going to get. There is something special about that and then maybe i can't even put my finger on what it necessarily is but there is something about those teams that have been in the conference for a long time now don't get me wrong i'm super excited to have the new teams in the conference and they're four outstanding athletic programs okay we are adding four top tier athletic programs i i'm super excited about that but at the same time, there is something to be said about that core group of Big Ten teams that I have grown up with my entire life. I, I know them. I know the programs. I know the fan bases, you know, all those types of things. So, and I've watched them. That, those are the games that I've watched my entire life. So there is a certain element of it that could be tainted. However, when you're adding teams in, it's not it it's it doesn't have that feeling of like dilution to me because of the quality we're adding. When we added Maryland and Rutgers, I did not have that same feeling. I it felt more like a dilution. Like, okay, this is subtraction by addition in a way. Now, Maryland's basketball program and their football program to a certain extent have actually exceeded my expectations. Rutgers has been the polar opposite, and we and so them in for reasons off the field, though both of those. Oh were. yeah, of course, yeah, financial, financial. But well, I do think that there is a massive financial gain to be had by adding the teams that we now have. You also, you also added superior athletic programs, and that's what I want. If you're gonna add somebody, and it's about dollars. Because they're way on the opposite side of the country. Let's face it. It's about money. But if you're going to do that, make sure that they are 
superior athletic programs so that you're getting the high quality level of play that you expect from the Big Ten athletics. And we are getting that. So I'm not worried about the sport. The things that make the sport special have endured conference realignment throughout the years. What this is, and this is the last point I'll make, the biggest point I'll make, it's just further evidence that the NCAA, I I don't know what they do. What I can tell you is that there is basically nobody in charge who actually cares about the well-being and welfare of the sport of college football and the student athletes. And that goes beyond football too, because, and we're going to focus the conversation on football because we're not experts in the other stuff, but it's just very evident that nobody in charge actually cares about college football because did anyone hear anything about the NCAA having any kind of say in these moves that are cataclysmic moves that are going to change the future of how the sport looks and we haven't heard a thing from the NCAA. NCAA is going bye-bye. I, I've been saying that for a couple of years now, and I think a lot of people have kind of chuckled when I say when I have said it, but I think a lot more people are hopping on that bandwagon. And you <laughs> it's funny because we at Michigan are dealing with something with with NCAA right now. But I mean, you look at what happened with Tennessee. Right. And it ended up just being like, a oh, well, smack you on the back of the hand, Tennessee, you know, type deal. They have no bite. They have nothing left. They have no control. They're they're They are going to be a thing of the past. Once this I, I think it will probably take place before the next media negotiations for the SEC and the Big Ten. I think you will see both of them say. See you later, NCAA. We're we're done with the. Uh, you know, we're done with having you being our governing body because you don't really govern anything. And if you are angry about conference realignment and NIL being out of control and all that stuff, your anger should be placed with the NCAA because they've allowed this to be out of control. None of us would be mad about money in college football if it was under control. But the NCAA has let it spread like wildfire. And that's the they just said part. They just said, here's NIL. That's all they did. And, and then they ended their sentence. That's it. No and guidelines, said, and they no said, salary cap. We trust you. Be, and, and I think it, it stemmed from the fact that they didn't want to have a quote unquote salary cap because then that immediately makes people think like, oh, professional. Like that's that's a professional sport. And it would have been way better if they would have just come out right away and said, okay, each school, your boosters can pay the players directly. I don't care. This is how much you get to spend for your roster, for this sport, this sport, this sport, whatever. This is how much you get to spend. And then money that they make outside of that through name, image, and likeness, as far as doing commercials or whatever, has to be completely separate and cannot be from an alumni or anyone with an association to the program. But this is how much you and your boosters get to pay. You allocate it however you'd like to your players. Yeah, the NCAA is outdated, archaic, and I don't know what they do and what purpose they serve. I don't even know who's the president anymore. I know it used to be Mark Emmert, 
And now I don't even know who it is anymore because we hear nothing from them. So all in all, I think we, I think everybody should be in wait and see mode. I don't think anybody should be screaming that the sky is falling on college football. College football is going to be fine. Once you hear the college game day opening song, we're coming to your city and, and you see Lee Corso and Kirk and everybody up on the desk and you're at your team's home stadium, you're going to feel fine, and you're going to forget that all this ever happened. Okay? Okay. I don't need to see Lee Corso. Oh, bro. I'm, he's 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 a legend. you got to keep mm. him up there as long as possible. No. No. Nope. It's like an old. It's like, it's like an old quarterback. Like you just let him go out on his own time, even though if you, even though you know it's not good for the team. No, it's it. I, you know what it is. I'm a Detroit sports fan, so it's like watching Miguel Cabrera, like one of the greatest right-handed hitters in modern baseball history, and watching him go out and play a baseball game right now. He has zero knees. It, both of his knees are completely shot. It, it's it's sad. It's just sad. Yeah, but like that is what Lee Corso on, is to every me. Every time he puts on that, head, I still get excited no. to see the headgear. Though no, I honestly, I change, I change off the channel to a different pregame before he puts the headgear on because I can't, I can't stand to watch it anymore. You're horrible. I think you're ruining college football. Well, if it means getting rid of Lee Corso, I guess I am. Stop it! Oh my gosh. Okay, we're moving on. This is sad. It's too sad. We can't be sad anymore because football is right around the corner. So let's talk about it. We've got over-unders for the Big Ten West. That's right, the prestigious Big Ten West, baby. Come on, baby. Ethan's going to do his usual duty of guessing the over-unders and being right basically every time. We're going to take our over-under bets, which we may or may not be putting actual money on, and we'll see who's right at the end of the year. Okay? Okay, so let's start off with the reigning Big Ten West champs, the Purdue Boilermakers. Ethan, what is the Mm. over-under win total set at, according to FanDuel? Purdue's over-under win total, I'm going to say that it is five and a half. Bro, how do you... I I don't understand. (laughs) Let's go because I, for me, new, completely new head coach, completely new system. It's do they make a bowl game or not? That's if I'm Vegas, that's what I'm asking you. And six wins gets you to that bowl game. And so, you know, that fan base is all going to bet the over. And so I think that's the perfect number. Five and a half. Do they make a bowl game or do they not? First year in the new system. Well, you're right. I think it is the perfect number because I came in right at six when I looked at their schedule. And honestly, I don't feel super comfortable with it. This is not one that I'm putting money on, but I think they win their non-conference games. Mm-hmm. And I think they might be able to steal one at Nebraska because Nebraska's also got a, a new regime and, and mm-hmm. new faces at head coach. Uh, so Zero percent chance. You don't think so? There's no way they beat Nebraska, bro. The cupboard is not exactly full at Nebraska either, talent wise. The cupboard is is empty at Purdue. Yeah, but you could argue the same thing for Nebraska. Nebraska's losing no, Trey no. Palmer. They're losing, uh, but they had transfer Volkolek. kids come in. 
They did. Yeah, they had some transfers. And it, it yeah. all depends it all comes down to how Jeff Sims plays. But let's let's take it back to Purdue because Purdue's also got a transfer quarterback. They've got Hudson Card. <clears throat> and like you said, they're losing uh, the list is long. They're losing Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham, Charlie Jones, and uh Corey Trice, who was their uh corner who was drafted by the Steelers. Yeah, they lost like five guys to the freaking draft for crying out loud. Remember when we did that show and we're looking through it and we're like, how many Purdue players got drafted? I know it was kind of unreal, but they're losing so, so, so much talent. And this is a Purdue Mm -hmm. team that we said even last year, you just watched them play and you're like, they're not tough in the trenches. Mm -hmm. That's something Ryan Walters has to fix sooner rather than later. So I think their schedule lines up for them though, because they end it with Northwestern and Indiana too. Those are two gimmies. So I do think they get to six. I'm not comfortable with it, but I am taking the over. Indiana's a rivalry game. That game always ends up being close. Um, I, I just I can't I can't do it. I can't give them the over. I do not think they make a bowl game. I think they win. I I think they win four or five. To be honest with you, um, looking through their schedule, I know that might seem like oh no, come on, they'll they'll get to six. No, I don't think they will. I, I I think they maybe, maybe win two games in conference, and that's if they can beat Indiana. And that, like I said, that's a rivalry game. You throw the records, you throw the talent kind of out the window in that game. And I, I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. That's fair. I mean, I, I don't feel great about going over, but – just where I ended up at. <laughs> All right, let's go with the number two team in the big in the Big West from last year. Illinois. What's Illinois' number at? Illinois, oh man, have to be due for some regression. Lost a ton of talent. Um, Illinois is at oh, I almost want to say five and a half for them, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna say six and a half for Illinois. It's ridiculous. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I am a wizard. I am a wizard. You are. I don't know how you do this. So, yeah, Illinois <laughs> is sitting at six and a half is where the line is at. What do you? What does your gut tell you about Illinois? My, my gut tells me to take the under. I think they'll win six games. I, I, I And I, I have actually have looked at Illinois' schedule and – Listen, they lost a lot of talent. Now, if they if if the coaching staff can keep them moving in the correct direction, they'll hit the over. They'll win seven, maybe even eight games. <clears throat> but in at eight, you're challenging probably for the Big Ten West. Right around that. Well, no, not eight. I take that back. But I I do think that there there's there is hope for Illinois. I, I don't think the same thing for Purdue, um, but coaching staff wise, they held together pretty well. So I think there there's hope there, but I am still going to take the under six and a half. I've got them barely over at seven. I think they're losing DeVito at quarterback, but they're getting Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss who He's not going to light the world on fire, but I think he can do the same kind of he needed. He needed a change of scenery. I think we can all agree on that. He also did too. And honestly, <clears throat> my biggest 
My biggest question mark with Illinois is the secondary. They lost stars in the secondary with uh, Witherspoon and uh, Sidney Brown. They lost stars. That secondary was legit last year. Mm -hmm. But where I have confidence in them is in the trenches. They have a couple of guys on the offensive line who are probably going to be drafted. And they've got a guy on the defensive uh, at defensive end who pro football focus put out their like college top 50 preseason. And he's sitting at number eight. So they've got players in the trenches, which will help them to maybe steal one or two games and be sneaky. So I have them at seven wins just getting over the six and a half. So I'm over for both of these. Listen, I'm I'm not going to hate on that one. Uh, that it, it is tough for me, um, but I do think, you know, you lose Chase Brown, like you said. It, it's just how much they lost, and, and at a program like Illinois, where they don't just reload, right? You know, it, it's not it's not that type of a program until it is, right? Until you prove that you can be that. So. That's why, for me, the number is the under. And I, I think they win six, but I, I am going to take the under. Oh, real quick, I, I just want to point this out. Because they play, they play Kansas in the non-con, and that kind of, to me, was, was one of those games where I'm just like, hmm, they play at Kansas. Yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a, and that's a real tricky game for me. And that was where, for me specifically, that was where it, it kind of became like a, you know what? I am gonna, I'm gonna say that they don't that they don't get to the number because of specifically because of that game. I, if if they yeah. do win that game at Kansas, a sky's the limit. Like you can, like I said, you can win seven eight, but. That's going to be an early prove-it game. You get Toledo at home to start the year. You have to win that game. and then. But Kansas, week two, at Kansas, you travel there. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I will definitely be watching that game. And it's a night game, too, in SEC country. Big 12 country. They they didn't. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I apologize. Next team up, the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're on points per game alert. They got to get to 25 for Brian to keep his job. Yeah. And probably Kirk, too. Um, okay, so I will say just prerequisite about Iowa. I know that they have the second best odds to win the conference. That I have seen um, behind Wisconsin. I have not seen the win total, however. And I really think that the conference winner is going to get to 10 this year. I've told, I've told you that already, that I think the, the Big Ten West winner gets to 10. Hmm. The question becomes, no, there's no way. There's no way. I, I, was gonna say, I was going to say nine and a half, but there's no way that Vegas gives them that much credit. There's no possible way. I might even go down to seven and a half because that's uh, all right. Eight and a half. That's my number. I'm sticking to it. I can't, I, 
I have to because I don't think there's if it's nine and a half, I'm I'm so far under I can't even I can't stomach it, but eight and a half. It is eight and a half, my friend. It is eight and a half. Let's go. Come on, baby. So you said you'd be under at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Does eight and a half put you in a predicament? Yeah. I need to look at their schedule really quick. So I, you, I, you pull up the schedule. Because yeah, I'm you gonna, go. Because I'm going to tell you right now, whether it was eight and a half or whether it was nine and a half, I'm hitting the over. I'm Whoa. Whoa. They don't have the toughest schedule in the world. They dodge Michigan. They dodge Ohio State. They do have to go on the road to Penn State and to Wisconsin. But other than those two, you look at the schedule and you don't really see a team that they're going to be less talented than. So I think if they just take care of business and the defense is still going to be elite, the defense is going to be elite at Iowa again. The secondary will be monstrous. And their offensive line, offensive line is returning everybody either four or five mm-hmm. i think they're returning their five starters four. in the bowl game yeah yeah they're returning four of five yeah starters for five season four or five but i think all five started the bowl game so and then they got caleb johnson at running back who flashed at the end of last year and obviously the story of the offseason cade mcnamara who i don't think cade's gonna come in and necessarily light the world on fire but he can do uh, enough a hundred times better than what they had. Exactly. He can do enough with okay. that defense that I think they get to double digits. All right. Because it's eight and a half, I, I, I want to make this very clear. I would have taken under nine and a half because I, I think they are going to win nine games. They will lose at Wisconsin and they will lose at Penn State. They, they're lucky they get Michigan State at home. They get Minnesota at home. Um, they do go on the road to play Iowa State, and we know that that's never an easy game between those two teams. So, and, and it's on the road early in the season; it's their second game of the year. So, ah, man, because because it's at eight and a half, I'm going to take the over and let them. I think they get to nine. I think I will take the over. They get to nine nine wins. I think that's safe because nine even allows them a slip up. Like they'll lose who they sh- they'll lose to who they should lose to, and then you even have a cushion game in there, and you can still hit the over. Yeah, because they will be Iowa will be favored. I be don't favored know other game. I don't know how good Iowa State is. Neither do I, but I would assume that Iowa's favored in that game. Favored in that game, I would too. Maybe by three instead of seven. Yes. Because but in every, you are correct. In every other game, they will be the favorite. In a lot of these games, they'll be double digit favorites. Um, so I will, I will go with you. I'll take the over. I, I feel comfortable at nine. I do not feel comfortable at 10. Don't try and talk me into that. Over under 25 points a game. Under. Well, hmm. Eric Hall, Cade McNamara, really good O-line. If they can get a running game figured out, 
if they can get a run game figured out. Because Cade had the best running game in the country when he played at Michigan. So if they can get a running game figured out and allow him to be a game manager, which he will be no matter what because of how good their defense is, Man, I really don't know. I I want to say under. I really, really do. I I want to. I want it to be under. I think it's going to be over, but I will be cheering for the under. Yeah, I actually think it's going to be under. Oh, this is going to be a great season. <laughs> We're going to have a live score tracker all season long. We'll put it up. We'll make a we'll make a big show website, and we'll put that on it. That it'll literally just be called thebigshow.com, but it will just have a giant icon of their points, their point total, and where it's at. Dude, that's okay. Nobody steal that idea. That's our idea. Our idea. We we have it. Corey, edit this out of the pod so no one else finds out. <laughs> Minnesota is next. It. What is their over under? Mm. Row the boat. This one, I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'm stuck between two numbers. I'll let you know that I'm stuck between. They're probably seven and a half. They're probably the right numbers. Seven and a half and six and a half. I'm stuck there. I will say that their win total is over under. Oh, seven and a half. Of course. Of course. He's perfect, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He's four go, for four. Baby. Let's go. Come on. If only you could bet on what the over-under was going to be. <laughs> Ethan yeah, right. would be a very before they, man. Before they let it come out. Yeah. That's sick. Let's go. I truly did not look at these either. So, like, I'm, I'm fired up right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll take first swing at Minnesota. I have them finishing at seven and five, right at seven and five. So I'm I'm taking the under. I do think they're still going to make a bowl game. Uh, Ethan Manis is coming in at quarterback. Ethan Mount Kilimanjaro Kilbasa. He's filling in for Tanner Morgan, who is now in a retirement home along with Mo Ibrahim. They're sitting in rocking chairs next to each other down in down in the 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 beaches of Florida. Um, but Ethan, the thing about Ethan though, really mobile, really athletic, and he's had a whole off season where he knows he's the starter. I think PJ Fleck can maybe unlock something there. They also have a really good couple of weapons at receiver, uh, tight end, tight end Brevin Spanford is going to be a monster. And then they get Ottman Bell back who he had a season ending injury last year. So they'll have a few weapons on offense. I do worry a little bit about them in the trenches, but I think they got enough talent to get to seven wins. But I am taking the under because I think if they're going to slip up, it is possible that they slip up and only get to six. It's really tough because they play North Carolina in uh, the non-con. So on the road at North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. So that is the reason why I'm going to, say seven and five and take the under because that is they open the game at home they open the the season at home against nebraska so that's gonna be crazy august 31st thursday night uh, thursday night yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to that um 
if they can if they can win one of these three games, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you three games. If they can win either at UNC, at Iowa, or at home against Wisconsin, if they win one of those three games, then I would I would say that they they hit the over. But I don't think they do. I think they lose all three of those games. So therefore I'm taking the under at seven and five, which for PJ Fleck in year whatever this is, a hundred for him at Minnesota, unacceptable. Like unacceptable. You took my prediction right off of my Excel spreadsheet because I have them losing all three of those games and I have them right at seven and five. Yep. Well, listen, baby, we're in lockstep. We're in lockstep. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. We're so in sync. <clears throat> so in sync. Wisconsin, a very interesting team this year. Lots of changes. You got Luke Fickle at head coach. You've got Phil Longo at OC. You've got Tanner Mordecai now at head coach. You lose Jim Leonard as defensive coordinator. There's a lot going on at Wisconsin, but there's also a lot to be excited about. So it depends on which side of the coin you're on. Are you are you on the side that says there's too much change for them to have this much success in year one? Or is there just the right amount of change and the right amount of upgrades that they're going to really excel with the talent they have? Mm. So what's the over-under at, Ethan? So this this one's tricky because they are the favorites, but does that mean Vegas took their win total, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Thank you. I apologize. Um, the question becomes, did Vegas make their over under a game higher than Iowa's? Or is it the same? Or did they make it a flat number like nine? <sighs> I, I find it so hard to believe that they would put it at nine and a half. I really, really do. That's such a lofty number. And I know I, I know they play Ohio State. I know they play Iowa. But who else do they play? They play Nebraska at they, home. They at play Minnesota. nobody in the non-con. No. Mm. Nine and a half. Uh, his, <sighs> his first wrong answer, but your gut was taking you to the right place. It was Eight and a half. They made it Eight the same half. number as I. They made it the same. Yeah. It's just they have, they both have fairly easy schedules, but they, they don't avoid Ohio State. They play, Wisconsin has to play Ohio State, which that game is in Ohio State in late October or at Minnesota. Late, wow. I can't talk. At Wisconsin, late October. That's going to be a, a game to watch right there because there is a chance that both of those teams go into that game undefeated. That is going to be an electric game. I want you to go first because I want to go last on Wisconsin. So uh, this is tough because I am still going back and forth between which team, Iowa or Wisconsin, I think will win the division. Um. But like I said, I think the winner of this division gets to 10 wins and that is the over. And currently right now I have Iowa pick, or I have Wisconsin picked to win the division. So 
with that being said, subject subject to change, okay, before kickoff of the first games, but I'm going to take the over. I think they get to 10. Um, I do think they go into that game against Ohio State undefeated. They get them at home. If that's the case, it'll probably get flexed to a night game because it's it's TBD right now. And if that goes to a night game on NBC, all bets are off. And, I mean, in all honesty, Wisconsin could be, if they win that game against Ohio State, they could be staring down the barrel of a 12-0 season <laughs> in their first year with Luke Fickle. I have Wisconsin finishing 11 and 1. Wow. And winning this division. I mean only lost to Ohio State. Yes. But you're yeah. you're talking through my points. Like mm-hmm. you look at the schedule and there is one team on that schedule that is more talented than Wisconsin. And no, incorrect. Incorrect. Timeout. Timeout. I I have to I have to say wrong. And I think this has everything to do with coaching because I think they're a much better coach team, Wisconsin. But Iowa has more talent, more NFL-ready talent on that Iowa. Their de- Iowa's defense is unbelievable in the trenches. We already talked about it. Their O-line, it, unbelievable. They got a transfer at tight end in Eric All, who's very productive. They got a transfer in Cade McNamara, who has already won the Big Ten. I, I, I disagree with that statement. I'm going to let you finish, but I disagree with the statement about having more talent than everyone else that they play because I do think Iowa has more talent on their roster. I I would disagree. See, Iowa fans, I don't always hate on you. I would disagree. I do think Wisconsin has more talent than Iowa. I think Braylon Allen is an absolute stud. He is going to be a decently high draft pick, I think, in, in next year's NFL draft. They've got studs on defense, too, just like Iowa does. It's close. It's close, but give me Wisconsin's talent for returning offensive linemen, similar to Iowa. But I think that Wisconsin, here's my logic, right? They've got an easy schedule. They get both of their toughest games, Ohio State and Iowa, at home. And during this offseason, I get it's a lot of change. Schemes are changing, all of that stuff. They got an upgrade at head coach. They got an upgraded offensive coordinator, and they got an upgraded quarterback. You could argue, and they've got four returning starters on the offensive line. That's a lot of big boxes that are being checked off for Wisconsin. So I think Luke Fickle is going to come into the Big Ten West, and he's going to make a splash at his first year in Wisconsin. He's going to go 11-1, and and I think they'll go into the Big Ten championship game as a top-10 team. Oh, if they're 11-1, and they'll be a top-5 team. Yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. If they're ele- if they're eleven and one and their only loss is at home to Ohio State, mm, they will be a top seven team. And they they could, should be top five. And they, they could sneak five. up on Ohio State and beat them at home, and then slip up against in Illinois on the road and still be eleven and one. Well, the Illinois game is right is on the road right before the Ohio State game, week yeah. before. Yeah, so so they could get caught looking ahead, right? But I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any way they lose more than two games on this schedule. And with the line at eight and a half, that's an easy over for me. Okay. I'm also taking the over. So we we both like the same side of that coin. Yeah, we do. 
The Nebraska Cornhuskers are up next. Speaking of change, they've got – they also have a lot. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Rule is coming in first year. What can you do? Expectations not quite as high as they are in Wisconsin. No, not at um, all, because you got to rebuild the talent pool there. Um, what a horrendous season last season was. Wow. It was bad. And Think about the fact that they had to fire Scott Frost in the middle of the season. Think about how bad that means they had to be. Literally. Literally. Wow. So, wow, so what's wow, the wow. line? What do you think? Um, I think Nebraska's line. I think you're going to get this one wrong. You do? I do. Oh, see, don't say that because then that makes me like, that makes me second guess myself. I'm looking at their schedule right now. <clears throat> Just full transparency. Okay, so loss, loss, win, two, three, four. Think Nebraska's over under is five and a half. That's exactly what I thought you were going to guess, and it is incorrect. Their line is at six and a half. Wow. I can see it because because they, they play a pretty soft schedule. They get Michigan. They get, but they get Michigan at they get Michigan at home. Um, See, they I, get, I and they have to play Iowa. I disagree. Oh, with they have to play Iowa, school. Wisconsin, and Michigan actually, and they play Colorado on the road in the non-con, and they play Minnesota on the road. Wow, See, you're you're thinking what I'm thinking. Looking at this, like they've got <clears throat> they've got three, they've got two fifty-fifty games in my opinion at at Minnesota and at Illinois. You hate to have your 50-50 games on the road. And, and at Colorado in the non-con. I think they'll beat Colorado easy. I think I think okay. Dion's doing too much over there. But but still, it's a road game. Yeah. In the non-con. Yeah. I've got yeah, the, that's, I've that's got the tough... under here. I've got the under. <laughs> because Matt Rule, Matt Rule is a magician when it comes to resurrecting programs who have been six feet under. But mm-hmm. if you look at his track record... He never does it in year one. Year one is always in the tank, and year two, there's a big <clears throat> jump. So I think mm-hmm. he's laying the groundwork. I think he's going to fall under that six and a half. I don't think there's any way they're even making a bowl game. I got him at four wins. Give me the under in his first year. So trying to find seven wins, they have to beat Colorado on the road, beat Northern Illinois, beat LA Tech, beat Illinois, beat Northwestern, so that's one, two, three, four, five. That's five. Then they have to beat Purdue. That's six. Then they have to win one of either at Michigan State or at home against Maryland. That's huh. tough. It's just too. It's just too much for me to ask from him in year one with the talent pool. Like, let's get it. Let's get it straight. Like with the talent currently on the roster. That's too much for me to ask. So I am going to take the under, um, even though I, I can I can find I can see a path to seven to seven wins, but I I'm not going to pick them to do it. I, I will I will take the under for Nebraska. I think if they get to seven <clears throat> wins with this schedule, I think that means Jeff Sims had a heck of a year at quarterback. Yeah, I think that means he kind of popped off like he. He came out and announced himself if they get so. if they get to seven. 
because yeah. he's a really yeah. athletic guy and he's been kind of hidden mm-hmm. at Georgia Tech. But if Matt Rule can unleash him, he's a weapon. And, so, and listen, there there's a chance that he runs them to two wins against people they had no business beating. You know, like they upset a, a, a Michigan at home. They they upset, uh, you know, Wisconsin or Nebraska or Iowa the last game of the year at home. You know, something like that. So there's a way. There's definitely a way for that to get done. But I ain't going to pick them to do it. Same. All right. The last team, the saddest team, the saddest team in the entire conference, not just the Big Ten West, it's the Northwestern Wildcats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not even kidding you because of how disastrous they are. I, I literally want to say over under a, a like, a half, but I know that's not going to be the case. Um, okay, so they play UTEP and they play Howard. UTEP and Howard. So those are two wins. They're going to be heavily favored against Howard. I don't know how heavily favored they will be against UTEP, but they will be favored. They get both of those at home, which is nice. I, I don't, so I don't see another game on the schedule where I'm like, yeah, they're winning. I mean, so my number is going to be two and a half, two, two and a half. It is two and a half. Yep. Yeah. Because you look, you, okay. I, and people like people who are wondering, like, how does he guess that? I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have two wins, Howard and UTEP. You look at the rest of their schedule and then you have to find one more. So that's where Vegas cuts it in half. Are they going to find one more or are they not? And at Rutgers, at Duke, no, no. I I, I didn't find one is the answer. He looked. So I go, I go first under. He looked no, hard. I, he looked hard. He did. That win is hiding. It is. It's a tricky little bugger. It is <laughs> disguising itself as a loss. <laughs> they might not beat UTEP. They might win one game. They I, might not beat UTEP. I agree. I would love to see a futures spread on that game. I know Northwestern has to be favored. They're at home. But I can't guarantee you. I know UTEP has one really good player. And I can't think of his name. I don't but know either. That I don't know anything. That game's him. not a, that's not a guarantee. Under. Under. Under two and a half. Oh, I'm I'm locking in the under. Think about okay, so Northwestern ignore the tumultuous offseason, right? Last year they won one football game. Okay? One football game. From that football team, they lost three. All their good, all their good players. They lost three NFL draft picks: Evan Hull, Cam Mitchell, and Peter Skaronsky. And I might even be forgetting one. There might have been another, but I think it was just those three guys. So they had three NFL caliber players on their team and won a and single game. football game. And people were upset that he got fired. Can we talk about that for one second? Yikes. 
People were upset that Pat Fitzgerald got fired. You won one game. One. And you had NFL caliber players on your team. You're a big 10. There is. I mean, you won the first game of your season. And it was like a thriller against Nebraska. It was a great game. And then you didn't win another game. You came back to America and you were like, Sprechens you win? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to do Irish. I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> that Gaelic was, or whatever it is. That definitely so I just Irish. went to German. Yeah. Oh, we'll never get another win. Oh, there you go. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be bad. I think they're going to be worse than they were last year. But thank God they (laughs) have UTEP and Howard on the on the schedule. Yeah, man. Yeah, looking for another win. They lost to Southern Illinois last year. They lost to Southern Illinois. UTEP and Howard are not guaranteed wins. Howard, Howard is is close to a guaranteed win for Nebraska that I will ever like admit to UTEP is UTEP's better than Southern Illinois. Probably. I, I tell uh, you what, wow. I'll take I tell that, you, I tell what you what a depressing way to end this. I'm just saying, I'm just, you're the host, like you're the MC here. You have depressed me and I blame you for that. Don't blame me. It's not my, well, you listen, listen, <clears throat> I was on the Northwestern bandwagon last year. I, as, oh, were you? I, as much as anybody, want to be optimistic about Northwestern. They're gonna win nine games. I, nine I, I said they were gonna win a bowl game or make a bowl game. They didn't even come freaking close. The the bowl game was hiding from them, like that third wins hiding from you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm struggling to find two now. The harder I look at the schedule, the more it looks like losses. I tell you what, I'm taking UTEP to cover for sure. Oh, a thousand percent. What a great bet. What a great pre-bet. Unbelievable. <laughs> Lock that in for week two. All right. So if you did you decide then who you actually have winning the Big Ten West between Wisconsin and Iowa? Wisconsin right now. I have Wisconsin winning it at 10 wins. Yeah, I have Wisconsin. If they get to 10. I have Wisconsin winning it at 11. And uh, I think they would win it at 10, too, as long as they win the Iowa game. So help me if the winner of the Big Ten West does not win at least nine games, I am going to be livid. With these schedules, if they don't get to 10 wins, it's going to be embarrassing. I, I can't. I can't do it. Please. I'm begging you. Because I need a really good team in the West or two. I, if Wisconsin and Iowa end up both being really good, we need teams in the West to talk about. We need it. Okay? I am begging you on behalf of our show, please, someone be good. And then I would love a surprise team, too. I would love a team like Minnesota that's like, is Minnesota going to win 10 games? I'm just using them as an example. But, like, a surprise team from the West where you're like, whoa, um, they only have one loss. Like they're seven and one. What are we doing? I, I want, need that. I want the Iowa at Penn State game 
and the Ohio State at Wisconsin game. I want those games to be interesting. Oh, I want there to be a lot on the line. I want I want the national media coverage of like especially the Ohio State at Wisconsin game. I want it to be like college game day type material. Yeah, if that Penn State game, I don't know if it's a night game too, but that would be electric. A whiteout at Penn State with an undefeated Iowa coming in. With Cade McNamara, who's been there before, in it and done it and beat him. Like, dude, yes. Give me that. Inject it into my veins. Hey, no one likes to give away a game like Penn State. Nobody likes giving away big games like Penn State. Dude, Penn State they beat Ohio State bowl. for like 98% of the game last year. 90%. No, 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 like 80% of the game. Yes, they did. Dude, it was yeah. like the last like last like six to seven minutes of the fourth quarter. Yes. It was just like, oh, bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, those are our Big Ten West visit, uh, predictions, minus Corey, because... Mine is James Franklin will always lose a big game. That's... Take it to the bank, baby. Take That's my Big bank. Ten West prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan's having a hard time with conference realignment. <laughs> Wait, are we getting rid of divisions? Oh, my brain hurts. <laughs> We're going to get rid of divisions and then bring divisions back into play when we have a, a West Coast and, and Midwest division. That's what's going to happen. Honestly, in all likelihood, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to have to reinstitute divisions. Yay! Leaders and legends! Leaders and legends! Oh, stop right now. You want to talk about the most Pac-12 thing you could do? That. Right there. So true. So we've both got Wisconsin winning this thing and going into Indy as at least a 10-win team. So hopefully that happens. It'll be electric if we get someone out of the Big Ten West who can do that. And it'll make that Wisconsin-Iowa game in the middle of the season just top-notch. Top-notch. We had that in our top five most interesting games of the year, too. So that's what we've got. We talked through conference realignment. We've squashed all of the concerns and worries about the health and future of college football. Now we can sit back and enjoy our predictions next week. We've got the big East, which is going to be absolutely electric. You've got a, a legitimate big three where all three of them, you could see a scenario where they go to the college football playoff this year. It's in the cards for Penn state, Michigan and Ohio state to do that. So make sure you listen next week our episode on Big East predictions, who we think is going to win, and how far we think they might go. Make sure you follow on the socials, Instagram and threads, at Big Show Pod. And again, follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to us on Apple and Spotify. Leave reviews, and we will talk to you next week. See you.